In the spring of 2021, Jinx Monsoon and Nick Zahoya recorded a Futurama recap podcast. For reasons unknown, it was never released. These are the raw tapes. I'm 40% podcast. I'm 40% podcast. You know I'm 40% podcast, baby. my patreon um uh podcast voice <laughs> is that good no <laughs> do you don't like it do an intro do- now i will do i have to edit around this hi i'm jinx monsoon and i'm here with stand-up comedian <laughs> I, I don't do stand-up anymore but do you like comedian writer ex- writer for the stars Make it sound good, you know? Just do good. Hi, I'm internationally tolerated. And try and get the name of the podcast in there, you know? Like soon. Because you're so slow. Hi, I'm internationally... (laughs) Hi, I'm internationally tolerated. I can't say the word internationally. Well, then cut it, you know? Think on your feet. It's the big time, baby. <laughs> That's the Hi. same vibe. Let me try it, please. I'm, ju- I'm saying you should have done it by now. I'm just giving you notes. But then you keep interrupting me. <laughs> I'm just saying you should be doing better. Yeah, I should be. Thanks for the update. Hi, I'm internationally tolerated drag shanta's Jinx Monsoon, and I'm here with the comedy writer Nick Sahoya, who happens to be just one of my best friends or whatever, and <laughs> why are you making that face? It doesn't matter. They can't see my face. It's a podcast. I know. I just feel like you're testing me, and we've barely I'm, begun. I just think we should have the intro done by now. <laughs> So this and is you're the one. listening, and this is <laughs> that was the intro. I can't think of a better way to introduce you to our podcast listeners. Um, this is I'm forty percent podcast. <laughs> it's a bender joke. So Nick, how many times would you say um, you've watched Futurama from start to finish, episode one to the end? Um. Well, sometimes I do it on shuffle. It's a little bit like Britney Spears that way. How do you <laughs> shuffle? How do you shuffle that? You just uh, like you know, click flip around. around. Yeah, I like <laughs> this, this one. Tedious. I'll let it run for a while. Well, I'm just saying, I don't think it's a show that I've ever watched all the way through in order ever? because well, th- we're doing it now. Ugh. Because well, I've, I've seen every episode like ten times. It's just I've never watched them in an order on purpose. <laughs> That's crazy <laughs> to me. I mean, like, I saw episodes randomly when it was on TV, but now we have the ability to watch something in chronological order. Um, although I, I have been, I have watched shows in reverse before for no good reason. Just I, to watch it get worse over time. <laughs> <laughs> to watch it get worse? What shows do you think get Well, actually, you know, it's like your... you watch it... Um, you watch it ebb and flow in the opposite direction. Okay, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, I haven't watched season one in a long time. And it definitely has a different vibe. It's like, chill. Oh, that's just like, that's just, okay. So I think there's a lot to talk about with animation in general, especially animation that began before the technology, like, advancements in animation. Because you can tell, like, every... Every cartoon show has this moment where it just everything looks good all of a sudden. <laughs> and it's like when they had to do it on the cheap at first, and then they got a budget on season two and could afford the computer animatronic whatevers. Well, they've got a lot of deep layers. There's like 57 layers in the intro 
Do you know that factoid about <laughs> Futurama? <laughs> There's so many layers of animation. It's like 50 or something. I didn't know that. Um, but I do know that like there's <laughs> there's just something about when did Futurama begin? 99 cuz the yeah. the premise of it happening right before I remember oh, watching it in like, 1999 right before the year 2000. Well, then that's a little on the nose, don't you think? I think um, it's wonderful. <laughs> I think it's like what a dream. It's like having a Friday the 13th movie coming out on Friday the 13th. But you couldn't I guess do a Halloween movie on Halloween because then everyone would only see it that one day and then they would be done. <laughs> Just something oh, I'm thinking I about. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Just you seen any your... of the Halloween movies? No, not a one. Uh, but I've you seen watch every the episode first of one. Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> she watched the first one and Halloween H2O. And the most recent Halloween. I remember you giving me a lecture on what order to watch the Halloween movies in. And I could not care less. I don't know why you're it's trying so to make me care fun. about. Michael no, Myers is going to get you. He's going to sneak I'm never up behind gonna, you right now. I'm never going to care about the Halloween movies. Okay. Well, or let's Star talk about Wars Futurama or then. Indiana Jones. But I do care deeply about Futurama. <laughs> See how I always take it back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that it starts in space. <laughs> okay, but it's a game. you're not even trying here. <laughs> we got to go into it. We got to start talking about the Oh, episode. but it's a game. But it's a game. I thought you were just a being out. a little smartass saying, I like that it starts in space. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> no, I think it's a fun choice. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great choice because it's the fake out. I get it. But... The show doesn't really get good for me in episode one. We only get hints no. of how good the writing's going to be. But I think that's pretty, like, that's pretty typical of any show, right? Like, the first episode's going to be kind of awkward and clunky. The second episode's where they start to, like, once they've done all the exposition, they start to actually get into, like, this is what this show's going to be like. Well, we only get, like, half of our crew in this episode, you're right. I feel like you're supposed to watch episode one and two together. I feel like they're like very meant to be viewed together. So if you're listening to the podcast, do you think wait it, for do you episode think it... two of the podcast to come out and listen and to them back listen to, back. to them together because I'll see only way to do it. Um, do you think um, it was after the Super Bowl that day they premiered this and they played both episodes back to back and and that's why they feel incomplete on their own? Did it come out? The day of no, the I'm Bowl? asking, do you think it... Fox used to do this a lot. It's like they premiere a new show right after the Super Bowl or some other big stupid sporting event. It's like, ooh, ooh, new Simpsons right after you've watched. <laughs> but do you remember the um, Third Rock from the Sun that was at the Super Bowl? That was fun with Cindy Crawford. No, dude, I don't remember it. It was good. <laughs> We open up on Panucci's Pizza, a, a destination we will revisit many times throughout the Futurama saga. Yeah, you know what I like about episode one, though, even though I just, like, dogged on it, is that um, <laughs> you get introduced to, like... Okay, so it's like a true sci-fi show because sci-fi shows always plant little seeds in like episode one and two that then don't get revisited until seasons later. And and it's like a test to make sure you're paying attention. Well, if you've seen all of the Futuramas, I don't know if the listeners are like starting at the beginning with us or what, but there's a lot of stuff that gets paid off later that is actually like seeded in this first episode. They really planned ahead. Because they're a parody of a sci-fi show, and sci-fi shows are known for doing that. Like, I watched Star Trek Voyager from start to finish recently, and That's they fine. plant little tiny seeds here and there in season one and two, and then in season three and four, when you've forgotten about them, then they come out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, turns out you created a time paradox 14 episodes ago, and now you're going to have to pay the price. Is that Janeway? No, this is Janeway and Chicote. Join me for some coffee. <laughs> it's almost just, Eartha Kit. It's very I know. Eartha adjacent. It it is almost Eartha Kit. 
quit. <laughs> That's a good drag name. It is. Eartha quit. <laughs> Girl, you should Eartha quit drag. <laughs> That's the thing, though. You're walking right into a lot of reads. Girl, do you think I should do Eartha Kit tonight? Girl, more like Eartha quit. <laughs> I like it. Girl, you should do Eartha quit. Girl. Mm, the, the other one was better. So Fry leaves Panucci's pizza. We see Mr. Panucci. I got a pizza going out. Come on. Um, and if you're Italian-American, we apologize. Because they're in New York. Because <laughs> that's how New Yorkers talk. Come on. <laughs> Um, he goes outside, and he sees his girlfriend right away. Yes. So it's worth noting that the girlfriend will come back later, but she will be voiced by Sarah Silverman. But she is not voiced by Sarah Silverman in this moment. They probably didn't realize they were going to use her again later. So it is a sci-fi parody show, so of course they're going to plan some things ahead. But they're also a comedy show that probably ran out of ideas here and there. And we're like, what if we uh, bring Fred's girlfriend back? You know, especially when shows go on for a while, it's like you start to feel like they just start playing Mad Libs or pulling things out of a hat, like (laughs) Zoidberg uh, eats a flag and uh, (laughs) everyone's mad about it. I will say I like the simplicity of this episode. They've got to get their career chip. That's the only MacGuffin of the episode, really, right? (laughs) Don't worry. It's just like getting your hand pierced. Um... (laughs) (laughs) We should say this is why we're doing this podcast is because we will just say out of context Futurama quotes to each other. That was actually the idea for this podcast was... um, We wanted to see if we could have a a whole conversation entirely in Futurama quotes because we believed we could do it. Um, Fry's girlfriends are originally voiced by Tress McNeil. So here's the thing. Who's Tress McNeil? Is she the... She she voices like a countless array of stock characters, both on The Simpsons and on Futurama. And then she she recently... Grand midwife? (laughs) She's she's everything. Like she's okay. every she's every female character that just shows up and has an amazing vocal performance. She's you know, Lady it's Billy like, West. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing I want to talk about. Is like it's starring Billy West, and Billy West plays like every other character in this show. Um, but Tress McNeil plays almost as many characters. They're just small characters, and it's like. You know, there's a lot of politics. We're go- we'll are we have to get into it, but there's a lot of politics in the cartoon voiceover world. Mm-hmm. In the voiceover world in general, but I think How would you know about the cartoon voiceover world? I've done a cartoon or two, but I'm I mostly just follow the the drama. I mean, I haven't done enough to like be a part of the world of voiceover politics. But you I haven't have been invited into, into the like boardroom. It's like dimly oh, lit. Oh, I'm so far on the outside. <laughs> John DiMaggio and H. John Benjamin are sitting at the head of the table. <laughs> That's why I'm not worried about us getting sued for this <laughs> podcast. Is because like Billy West will hear about this podcast and be like, "Will who he? Gives, who, who the fuck gives a fuck? Get away from me! I'm Billy West. <laughs> who are you? How'd you get in Is that here? How we talk? I don't know." I'm Billy hey. West. <laughs> hey, it's me, Billy West. No big deal. Hey, hey it's me, Billy West. I mean, he's I can do a any man voice, of a million voices. I got a million voices, but this is my main one. I'm <laughs> doing this voice. People said, you should do character voices. I said, what for? <laughs> Ooh, okay. We got to talk about the episode. We're barely into it. We got to talk about know. He hasn't even gotten frozen. I've done a lot of podcasts. If, if he don't hasn't have keep gotten frozen. <laughs> okay. So when he does get frozen, um, right before he falls in, you see his little feet on the little chair and you see Nibbler's shadow. Now, if you've never watched Futurama before, just tuck this away in your brain. Nibbler's shadow. And then Who's I will talk about what? it. No, How we're not going to talk about play? it. Oh my god! Because that's called spoilers. Intrigue. But if you have watched Futurama before, look at Nibbler's shadow. Look, episode one. Fry gets frozen in the freeze thing. And um, <laughs> I really love watching the planet get destroyed, rebuilt in a Renaissance age, 
get destroyed again. And then all of a sudden it's the future. <laughs> but like they had a small thing. hiccup where they reverted back to the like um, the <laughs> renaissance. <laughs> this is another if you know, you know, right away. Because they've revisited this quite a few times. But I don't think this is every time the world got destroyed. I think it happened like 10 times. And <laughs> in this montage, we saw like four of them, you know? <laughs> Spoilers! Because <laughs> there's that guy who says that when he was frozen, he lived in a carrot world. We never saw the carrot people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think it's just a general taste of what happened <laughs> while Fry's been frozen. <laughs> so he wakes up, he comes out of the cryo chamber. He doesn't know any time has gone by. He looks out the window and wow, how futury. <laughs> Well, he says, everyone I ever know, uh, I've ever known or cared about is gone. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to like get too life. loud. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, of course, I'd miss everyone. In what my about life when you were now. working at Sandella's? <laughs> they're out of business. We can name. say their name. They're out of business. <laughs> I don't know if they're out of business. They anywhere. got gentrified. <laughs> I don't know if they got out of business ever. There could still be one. There could still be one in like Tallahassee. It's like Queen Anne. (laughs) Oh, okay. Very far from Seattle. No, the one I worked at was the first one in Seattle. Mm. (laughs) And I made some friends at Sandella's, okay? I thought you were going to say, and I made some good sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) I did. No, they wouldn't let me cook very often. I don't believe that. I did prep. (laughs) <laughs> so you could have bareback sex <laughs> can we go to a commercial I have to pee well, there's not gonna be commercials Hulu ad that's good. Everything's better Play that at the club. Like I'll, I'll turn up for that. <laughs> Do you remember watching it when it premiered in the year 2000? <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember, remember watching it right it. when it premiered with my dad because we watched The Simpsons together every Sunday. I felt so excited when I realized that Leela is voiced by Katie Segal, who was also Peg Bundy. Oh, yeah. Iconic. But that's like one of the things that um, is in the world of voiceover politics. If you watch that documentary, what's the documentary? Look who's talking. Hey, I'm talking over here. It's called I Know That Voice, right? (laughs) Hey, I know that. I know voice. that voice. Hey, but it I does have like voice. a hey. At the hey, <laughs> that voice sounds familiar over here. <laughs> I've heard of this guy. <laughs> hey, where have I heard that voice before? Hey, eh? um, hey, you want to come to something over there? <laughs> <laughs> and um, the voiceover artists who do lots of voiceover work, who like voice everything on everything, talk about how they get frustrated with someone getting cast just because they have an iconic voice but i think it takes like i mean i i might be biased because pretty much a lot of my castings have been because i have a very iconic speaking voice um (laughs) 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 but um i think i you know like i think it takes both types of voice actors you know Voice actors who have such a strong speaking voice that, like, you just want to hear them talk. Like, like the actor who plays Roz in Frasier. She does a lot of voiceover acting because her voice comforts us. I, I'm not a Frasier guy. <gasps> it's bad. <laughs> it's not bad. It's the most... <laughs> Let's talk about this Elevated show. This is so not related to the topic. <laughs> Oh, well, when he comes Nick. out, he says, welcome to the world of tomorrow. That's really welcome funny to me. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. When I was a kid, I thought that was so funny. I would say that at like middle school, I think. That's something Why I would say Why do you have to, to say friends. it like that, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> His name's Terry. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard of a little thing called showmanship? Right this way. <laughs>
Futurama, what I think it has the best things in common with the early Simpsons because it's a mix of really good writing and then like visual slapstick humor that you can pull off really well because it's animated. And lots of little fun background jokes. Like I feel like, like how Bob's Burgers will just have a funny pun in the background. I feel It's like. a veritable feast for the senses. <laughs> it's, it's a <laughs> smorgasbord for your eyes and ears. For your eyes and ears. Um, but sometimes for your um, like taste buds too, because when when Fry drinks Slurm, I feel like I can taste it. What do you think like, Slurm I feel like tastes it, like? Oh, just like green honey. <laughs> 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 but it's like also really cold, and it doesn't go down like honey. It goes down like a soda, but it has the same like feeling on your tongue as a thick, gooey honey. But it you can chug it. If you Slurm was real, honey. you would be so addicted to Slurm. I would be, I'd, I'd have a, sl- a Slurm um, <laughs> fridge, a fridge You would have a Slurm, slurm. queen. <laughs> I just in have a Slurm queen in the basement that produces Slurm all day. Uh, I would be the Slurm queen. <laughs> oh, that's a good Halloween in. costume for you. You already did mom. You can do the Slurm queen. <laughs> just do a giant grotesque slug with a tiny little crown on. <laughs> so right away, Fry meets Leela. Oh, good old Leela. And we see her from behind and she looks so, so sexy, but she turns around, she got one big old eye. <laughs> and we should just do the conversation they do. You be Fry and I'll be Leela. <laughs> hey, can I ask you a question? As long as it's not about my eye. Is it about my eye? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, what's your question? What's with the eye? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cyclops, all right? <laughs> what's with the eye? That was the only question he had. <laughs> Is it about my eye? Uh, sorta. <laughs> what does he say? I can't remember. I can't do that one verbatim. <laughs> So, I'm sorry. <laughs> we did it almost verbatim. The point, the jo- the joke is, though, of course, like all he wants to ask is about the eye. Do you ever think about how gross it would be if it was real? Her eye. Um, only when she like touches it, and you can see how squishy her giant <laughs> eye is. Do you think it's adapted for her to be like chill to touch it? Because she like touches it a lot. <laughs> like it's probably got a callus because it's so much more <laughs> exposed to yeah. the elements. <laughs> Just from like wind, wind damage. <laughs> wind erosion. <laughs> wind, wind erosion. <laughs> it's built up a callus. <laughs> yeah. Leela's like so beautiful in the show, but whenever people try and recreate it in real life, it's kind of... <laughs> Depressing and scary. The eye is always way bigger than it should be. (laughs) You can't do it because there's no way to cover up the eye in a way that makes it look normal. And it never works. No, I think some makeup artists have done it in a way that looks cool. Well, I I haven't seen that episode of Glow Up. (laughs) Have you seen Glow Up? (laughs) The lady that says ding dong. It's her catchphrase. No, I haven't seen it. Ding She's dong. British, and when she likes the makeup, she goes, ding dong. ding dong, and it's, like, supposed <laughs> to be a really big deal when she likes it. So, like, in season two, when she says ding dong, she says it really serious. She's like, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's a ding dong, and everyone in the <gasps> oh, room starts crying. Dong. Oh, it's a ding dong. Oh, it's a ding dong. Oh, it's a ding dong. She got yeah, the ding really dong. <laughs> I feel really good because I got the ding dong today. <laughs> it's the same on baking. That whatever whatever baking. that baking show's called these days. <laughs> What's the, did they change the name? Did they go through a rebrand? Yeah, like eight times. It's like first it was the baking show, and then it was like the. Great bakey, bake, bake. And then it was like, don't bake my heart. <laughs> my achy, bakey heart. <laughs> no, it was unbake my heart, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Say you. Uh, unbake my heart. Unrise this dough. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, um, Leela has a cool jacket. It looks like it's a pantsuit, but we later find out it's a jacket. She's wearing all black, and she never 
rocks this look again. And it kind of makes me sad. She rocks it again. No, she doesn't. You're right. Yeah, later she has that <laughs> that <laughs> torrid lime green affair. <laughs> <laughs> is it? So help me remember. The cut of the black jacket, is it the same as Leela's green jacket and it's just color nah, swap? No, nah, it's They're different. different. Okay. Yeah, it's different. At least here, you'll be treated with a little bit of dignity. Now strip naked and get on the probulator. (laughs) (laughs) The probulator. Um, Of course, it's set in the future, so everything has to be kind of future-y sounding. (laughs) (laughs) The probulator. And then Fry just floats there naked. And I'll say when I watched this for the first time as a teenager, because I ended up having romantic feelings for Fry, you know... (laughs) Every time Fry's naked. (laughs) Not every character. Not Zap Brannigan. You would absolutely (laughs) fuck Zap Brannigan. No, only when I used to drink. And then I would have (laughs) fucked him. And then I would have woken up and felt really stupid for him. (laughs) I've fucked a Zap Brannigan or two in my time (laughs) already in the real world. So don't tell me. (laughs) You live, you learn. (laughs) <laughs> so I forgot that um, Leela, like, when she probulates Fry, she discovers the professor is his only living relative. Yeah. And I think that's Which is of course that Leela of, found the professor. <laughs> of course, it's a pretty funny joke early on that Fry's great, great, great nephew, you know, like, really great nephew, um, is like 100 years older than Fry. <laughs> <laughs> He's my uncle. <laughs> yeah, they get a I'm lot of as... mileage out of it in the first few seasons. And then by like season seven, everything else is so out of control that they like never even reference it anymore. Fry's destined to be a, a delivery boy, which is right. um, what he was in his um, last life. And now he's going to be a delivery boy again in the year 3000. And this greatly upsets Fry because Fry thought he'd have this whole new life in the future. Um, But it turns out the future is communist Russia and everyone in the world is given a job that they have to adhere to for the rest of their life. Um, To to the extent that they have a, a, a career chip implanted in their hands, which my mom always told me was the sign of the apocalypse. Do you think? Well, sure. Maybe this is right before the biblical. I mean, the world the world does almost end like a billion times in Futurama. Yeah, these are the trials and tribulations. I think Futurama is actually a deeply religious (laughs) tone, (laughs) (laughs) and they keep pushing off the apocalypse, and it just keeps coming and coming. Well, they make a joke of it later, but it is very funny in a future episode. But it is very funny that these career chips are so important and then are, like, never mentioned again. <laughs> <laughs> they get mentioned. Yeah, they get mentioned it's the when one, they need they to get mentioned. They do one joke about it. No, th- I think it's literally just one time. I can't remember And when. I feel like they leave their jobs a lot throughout the show. <laughs> I know, and they never have to get a career chip when they decide they want to be like it's a never an, It's never an issue later. I mean, that's cartoon logic right there. We want the cartoon to more or less wrap up at the end of every episode the same. And we don't want to have to like think too hard about why they're doing this or that. Unless it's funny. Is it funny? Then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 30 Rock's like that. It's like a live action cartoon in a lot of ways because it's just like, let's do the funniest joke. Let's not worry about if it makes sense. Yeah. Which I like. I mean, I do think there's this thing about um, shows that started pre-2000 where they thought we were all a bunch of idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Like they could just swap out actors. They could just like like write a character out of the show in some way and then bring the character back with no explanation how they're suddenly like not dead or something. Seinfeld did that a lot. (laughs) I don't think that's accurate. I just watched it from start to finish and they think we're a bunch of idiots. No one who dies and comes back. King of the Hill... Definitely did it. There's no one in Seinfeld who dies and come back. You're making. I might up. be hyperbolic here, but something similar to that. It's like, My. or like Jerry has a sister at one point, and then he's an only child later, just for fun. Okay, like, I buy that. <laughs> that I will accept. 
that could be true. So I don't think they do that too much in Futurama because they normally make a joke about how it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Futurama is a very um, breaking the fourth wall kind of show. It's you know a fun I mean? show. <laughs> it's a fun sh- It doesn't take us out too seriously. So Leela gets like knocked into it's the- It's a flirty little horny bachelorette. <laughs> So Leela gets like knocked into the fry, the the freezy, the fryulator, the fry, the fry, the fryulator, because she's gonna be frozen. She, she gets frozen, and it's supposed to be for a thousand years, but Fry's like, no, I'm gonna be nice, and he changes it to like a day, right? Five minutes. But That's whatever. a save the cat <laughs> moment right there. You know about save the cat. Do I care about saving the cat? Yes, I do. I have three cats. Tell me everything about it. (laughs) Save the cat. It's like a writer's theory where it's like, if you want people to like your main character, you have them do something nice early on. (laughs) Ah, save the cat. It all makes so much sense now. (laughs) I do it literally. Every script I write, (laughs) there's like a cat in peril (laughs) and my main character (laughs) solves it. (laughs) using a series of like (laughs) elaborate tools or like sometimes he uses his mind powers it depends on what genre i'm working in (laughs) it's a yogurt commercial (laughs) they've got to save the cat and they've got rewarded (laughs) they're rewarded with a creamy (laughs) greek yogurt handed to them by john stamos (laughs) i don't like yogurt i think it's gross Get it? John Stamos was the spokesperson for um, Oikos Greek yogurt because he's Greek. Hmm. Get it? I don't like Greek yogurt. I don't like regular <laughs> yogurt. I don't like this kind of yogurt. I don't <laughs> like that kind of yogurt. I don't like yellow yogurt. I don't like peach yogurt. I don't like up yogurt. I don't like down yogurt. Okay, I'm not a yogurt guy. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Fry goes outside and he meets a bender in line for the suicide booth. <laughs> Which is so dark. <laughs> it's dark. Do you There's think a lot of they... really dark stuff, so just everybody you, be prepared. Do you think they'd go that dark today? <laughs> um, do you think they'd find they'd find a different way to go dark, but maybe not like make light of a suicide booth on the street corner? <laughs> I mean, like the thing about this show is, of course, it's a commentary on our own society. Whoa! Um, what? What? <laughs> Shut up! It is. <laughs> Yeah, it's this changes every- everything. Are you being an idiot? What's going on here? It's a commentary on society, man. Why do you feel the need to belittle me? <laughs> <laughs> because you're more successful than me. <laughs> you don't know what it's like, man. <laughs> Oh, Bender, mm-hmm. I do think it's really funny that Bender tries to save his quarter, even though he's trying to Yeah, Bender, Bender is paying for, paying for a quick suicide, <laughs> but keeps the quarter. Bender scams the suicide <laughs> machine. It also makes you think that maybe Bender's, like, <laughs> Bender's laissez-faire attitude about the suicide booth makes you think that Bender's been, like, popping in suicide booths for fun to see, like... <laughs> yeah, it's funny, because, like, how often has it failed? <laughs> it seems very casual that he's going into it, but he's also not that bothered that it doesn't work. And he's a robot, and it feels like they do a very human suicide <laughs> in the booth. It's just, like, stabbing you with a knife. Also, it's later established in a different episode that if Bender dies, his brain is uploaded into an identical body, much like the Cylons on Battlestar Galactica. So it doesn't really make sense that he would even be able to kill himself. Yeah, so... Worst show ever. (laughs) (laughs) Please select your mode of death, quick and painless, or slow and horrible. Uh, Yeah, I'd like to place a collect call. You've selected slow and horrible. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> so suicide boot doesn't work. They go to a bar. This is a good intro for Bender. I will say Bender is one of my favorite characters in the first few seasons. And I think he kind of gets less funny as the show goes on. 
But then characters like Amy and Hermes kind of like rise to the occasion. Well, this happens in lots of shows. Like, um, you know, the like supporting characters become more caricatures of themselves while the um, lead characters have to become more relatable over time, you know? Yeah. Even though in this, the lead character is Fry and he's still quite the character. <laughs> Leela's kind of our like home base. She's kind of like our grounded character. Um, and they're kind of the only two characters who actually have any kind of arc over the the 10 seasons. <laughs> I don't know. Amy, Amy goes through a lot. <laughs> okay, fair. I buy that. She stands up to her parents and such. <laughs> she goes through a lot. Back at um, Leela's office, we got to talk about um, her boss's voice. This is a Billy West voice. Yeah. So Ugh. here's the thing. It's going to come Billy up a West, lot in this show, unfortunately. Yeah, Billy West's um, voice is... Qu- I mean, Billy West voice is like every other character. And um, Billy West does a lot of really amazing character work, so much so that it's sometimes really, really hard to tell when it is Billy West voicing a character. But once you get used to Billy West's voice, you start to hear his voice everywhere and you start to hear through the character voices and you can hear the Billyisms in there. And so it wasn't until like recent viewings um, that I realized that Billy West voices Leela's Indian boss and does a very stereotypical. I mean, it's the same thing as Apu, but I don't think anyone makes a big deal about Billy West because I think it's less known that it's Billy West doing it. Like no one even asks like, oh, who's voicing that character? Um, and, you know, like it's a well-known fact that Hank Azaria, who is not Indian, voices Apu. But it's really hard unless you're like kind of, unless you've trained your ear to spot Billy West's voice everywhere. Um, it's hard to tell when he's doing these um, racially uh, insensitive voiceover performances. Yeah. So that'll come up from time to time. Amy's uh, dad is also a similar situation because that's Billy West as well, right? Yeah. So um, it is part of cartoons at the time, unfortunately. And it's yeah, only kind we, of just now changing. It's so weird because we, at that time in um, like TV and media, we wouldn't accept a white person playing a person of color on TV if you see the person. But for some reason in um, well? voiceover <laughs> work, it was like still considered totally cool for white people to do that with their voices. I mean, what year was Social Network? They had... Like a a white guy play Indian in that. Oh, I don't know. And I really There's like a lot that of movie. movies it's I've never seen. There's a lot of movies I've never seen, and um, yeah, of course it still happens. But like, well, then yeah, no, it just sucks. It sucks that it took everyone so long to realize how not cool or funny that is. Yep. Whew. Okay, so <laughs> they're at the bar. This is the first time we get a robosexual joke. This comes back later. Because <laughs> he says, uh, I don't want anyone thinking we're robosexuals. So if anyone asks, say you're my debugger, which is funny. Which still sounds like a sex act. It does, actually. I didn't even think of that. Especially when you think about British slang and bugger means to do it. Oh, and then outside, uh, <laughs> Leela says, uh, this is like agent or officer, whatever, 1BDI. <laughs> and I never got that before. That it's one BDI. <laughs> this is Officer One B D I. Yeah, I mean, like they don't dwell on Leela's one eye too much through the show, but like it comes up when it's necessary. Occasionally, know? yeah. And then there's it, it was... a couple episodes that center on it. <laughs> I will say this and show. We... <laughs> um, this show really hates cops, which is cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right from the get-go, like, the first time you meet cops, they're they're not only assholes, but they're incompetent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do but think I do love <laughs> funny, funny <laughs> robot cop. I like him. <laughs> I like the robot cop, the, the human cops quite... Well, I mean, he, it's so funny that he's kind of like a, a yokel. He's like the yeah. cleanest of, <laughs> of this universe. Um, but I love the bit of... They pull out the lightsabers, but they're just hollow batons that don't seem to even hurt that much. <laughs> like, no, Fry's everyone doing seems fine. okay. <laughs> and it just sounds like hitting someone with um, um, <laughs> like a fun <laughs> like, noodle, maybe <laughs> paper paper towel tubes. You yeah, know? <laughs> but like one of the kind of thick ones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> doof doof. It hurts doof. a little. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. 
It's definitely annoying. It's uncomfortable. Oh, like a wrapping paper one. The long yeah. ones. That's Did what you ever like. make swords out of those? Hell the fuck yeah. That was the best part of Christmas. We did too, but we were really like um, lazy, so we wouldn't really do anything to make them swords. We'd just pick mm. them up and they were swords. Yeah, I didn't have any uh, brothers or sisters, so I just... Um, you spent a lot of time. Stuff. You spent a lot of time making it, and you put a lot of effort into it, and and it still didn't fill the void of not having a companion. Yeah. Boo hoo hoo hoo. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the head museum, and this is the first time we see Nixon. He's in the head museum, and I have a question: Is he not president yet? No, of course he's not. That's a whole episode. When which he, I think oh, is either season because he wasn't running for re-election. Two. He was running for well, it is re-election. Um, An elect, we'll a there. new. Uh, <laughs> he finds we'll a Nixon-style we'll <laughs> loophole <laughs> to, <laughs> to run for president. That's later, but I do like that we establish right away that Nixon's the villain. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and holds a grudge and. I think the voice acting on Nixon is just perfect. I actually, when I was in Bye Bye Birdie in middle school, when I was playing Mr. McAfee, um, I uh, did a Nixon impression as my like character voice, but I had never heard Nixon talk. I just <laughs> was doing an impression of this impression of Nixon. Oh, have have you stolen voices from this show before? <laughs> like maybe on national television? <laughs> This show? No. <laughs> what voice did I steal I'll on say, national say. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's a stock character. Everyone, that's Foghorn you Leghorn. You literally are a country lawyer. <laughs> I'm just a simple country happy chicken. <laughs> and you're yes, playing a it's lawyer. It's Colonel Sanders. It's Foghorn Leghorn. I mean, they're making a big Foghorn Leghorn joke by having it be a simple country hyper chicken. <laughs> but you are playing a lawyer. Yeah. There's lots of other lawyers that are Southern gentlemen. <laughs> oh, like that Freedom Waterfall guy. I never got that the gag is that all the Freedom Waterfall people die. They all die at the end of the episode. Because <laughs> I remember poor, the lady died the in the movie. The poor Waterfall family. And I thought it was sad. But then I was like, oh, right. The dad and the son are already dead. <laughs> We're going to have to wait to talk about Freedom Waterfall till we meet him. But okay. he does have an amazing dialogue <laughs> written for it. <laughs> the writing in this show is so good. I mean, like, that's my favorite thing about it. Like, here's some quotes I wrote down that are amazing. <laughs> Bender saying, I could bend a girder to, to any decimal. 30 degrees, 32 degrees, you name it. 31. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so good at writing. I like um, um when the cop says, uh, <laughs> um, get your big nose out of my business, one eye. And Leela <laughs> says, nobody makes fun of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Really good stuff. Fry gives Bender the inspiration to bend against his programming. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? This part's really wild because... He says, he gives this whole speech to Bender where he's like, you should go against your programming. And Bender says no. And then he turns around and he gets electrocuted by the light bulb. <laughs> and then he turns around and he says yes. So like, if Bender hadn't got electrocuted, like they never would have been friends. Yeah, Bender would have never been able to like make the decision for himself to to join Fry and, and bend for himself. Is that literally the only thing? It doesn't give him free will though. It just it, like, scrambles just his makes programming. him change his mind in that moment. It just makes him scramble yeah. his programming, which probably is why he's able to do half the things he does. Because other robots seem to only do what they're, they've been programmed to do. Bender's a very unique robot. Do you think there are, like, forces at play in the Futurama universe? Because, like, whenever something weird happens in Star Wars where it's, like, how did this brother, like, run into his sister that he's never met in the whole galaxy? They just bump into each other. And it's, like, the Force did it. Is there something doing it yeah. here? Yeah. And we learn about it later. 
Well, I know what you're going to say, and I don't think he did that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he did that. I don't think, I don't he, think did he, that. he did that. But they have like looked so far into the future that like lots of these integral things may have been like predicted or set into motion with one thing or another. I mean, the whole act of freezing fry could have set a lot of things into motion that needed to happen. This is just like Star Trek. Janeway has this episode where she goes back in time like a billion times. Oh, not even Janeway. It's someone yeah, else. Yeah, Animorphs, it's the Elemist. You remember the Elemist? <laughs> no. You read the Animorphs. Don't even pretend. I read the first, like, few books. And then when Toby became a hawk forever, I checked out. That's the first book. <laughs> <laughs> Toby. I must, it must not have. <laughs> Are you on a first-name basis with Tobias? <laughs> You got nicknames. His for him? name's Tobias. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um. So they go into the underground somehow. Are they like running away? I don't remember how they got there. Oh, they go in the the hole. They go in the grate. Oh yeah. Bender says, "Uh, looks like somebody's gonna have to do some bending." <laughs> and <laughs> and Fry just lifts up the grate, and then Bender goes. Oh, <laughs> he was so excited to bend. I know he's so excited to be free. <laughs> and then he does, he does, he gets his bend on. He bends it on the way down. <laughs> Have you ever been to the underground Seattle tour? That's what this like underground New York made me feel like, but it was way bigger. I think I went when I was in eighth grade and I barely remember it. So if you are like, on a school trip in Seattle <laughs> when you're a kid, <laughs> they take you to this underground tour. It starts in Pioneer Square and you walk like under one block underneath. It's so hard to explain. Like Where underneath built- the sidewalk, there's a tunnel. <laughs> they just like had to build Seattle on top of itself at some point, but just a section of the city. They just built it <laughs> 10 feet higher because they were like, oops, too much water. <laughs> oops, today, see, uh, we forgot but, all like, about that. But like some of the tunnels are still active and you can go down in there and there's like it's rats like and They built and Seattle in the morning and then by the evening they were like, oh, darn it. <laughs> we're going to have to start over, y'all. There's a pirate y'all. ship and there's a guy <laughs> named... Chunk. Shit, <laughs> what's shit. his name? <laughs> no, what's the guy from the Goonies? Yeah, the no, the uh, ch- Chunk is the uh, the little boy, the, kid, the little chubby boy. What's the what's the Kronk? Oh my god, it's something Kronk. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Craig. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's something casual like that. It's like Josh. Russell. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, yeah, they're all down in this the underground area is the point, and like. They meet up, Leela catches up with them, and this is kind of how all of our our main trio comes together in this moment. So they all take uh, Leela takes out their um Leela takes out her career chip and points out that now that Bender has gone against his programming and Fry's not getting a career chip and she's took hers out, that they're like um three job deserters with no money and no place to go. And that's when Fry remembers that he's got, he's got a, a super relative. old nephew. <laughs> and he's rich. Well, they don't know that yet. They just assume because he's old, he's rich. Because old people like to hoard their money. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe there's just really solid social security for all the darkness of this future dystopia. <laughs> this dystopia. <laughs> they have a wonderful social safety future. net. <laughs> It's like a very lazy dictatorship because the 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 mantra is you got to do what you got to do. You know, I'm a simple guy. I got simple needs. Also, maybe they're just brainwashed because they it's not like they took out the chips and they were like instantly pursued or anything. Yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot of if if sci-fi television can tell us anything, there's a lot of brainwashing and propaganda in the future. And it's just like nobody seems to mind. Because <laughs> they're distracted by television. Speaking of television, um, Dick Clark's New York New Year's Rock and <laughs> Eve. Did you ever watch Dick Clark when you were a kid? No, I, I never did. But I'd rather talk about the fact that he introduces himself as Dick Clark's head, which is funny. It's one thing I've never understood. I've never, well, I mean, I get it for the joke on Futurama, but it's like, isn't it still Dick Clark or is Dick Clark's head a whole different thing? I guess 
you know, they'd have to like do some kind of like cloning. Um, It's a new uh, like being because his head would not have been that preserved over time. They had to do something to revitalize. Oh, I see what you're saying. But then the same for like they have like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, so they must have like exactly who who were long who were longtime skeletons before the year three thousand. Oh, so are you saying like maybe something very dark happened in Dick Clark's death that like only his head was left, but they could bring that back, and it it just happened. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. That's all I'm saying. They dig up. I'm saying they probably dig up the skulls and then use some kind of like, um, like time machine plastic surgery that's like brings just the head back to life. Like or Lilu. Something. <laughs> Do you think it's like the yes, Lilu exactly like Lilu in Fifth Element? I know they explain this lightly in the um in, in a future episode, but not enough to my liking. <laughs> Very well, but uh, we'll revisit that later. <laughs> Would you live on as a head in a jar? I know you would, and my answer is no. And I know your answer is yes. Just because you don't want to be around me? No, I don't want to. I don't want to be around anyone. Why did I go straight there? (laughs) I don't want to be around anyone if I'm a head in a jar. I'd like to be a head in a jar, but I'd have to like have some kind of you know like. If they put you in the room with like Betty Davis and Joan Crawford and Joan Rivers. Like just all those ladies, you would have a just blast. every Joan. Yeah, I guess if Joan I, do I get to pick where <laughs> I get put? Joan Rivers would be like, "Oh, oh, Jinx, what are you gonna do today?" And Joan Crawford would be like, "Why the same thing Jinx does every day? Try to take over the <laughs> world. S- s- sit around in a head jar museum." And then Joe Q- Joan Cusack would be like. I'm also here, and I'm Joan Cusack, and I don't get recognized enough, even though I've done amazing work throughout my time. Have you ever seen Toys? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's very bad. I didn't finish but it. But I do like that Tori Amos song they I hate that it. song. You're so stupid. That's the worst part of a very <laughs> That's bad movie. That's a great song. <laughs> I love my I job. We love our jobs. Why do you we know all that? We love our jobs. <laughs> Why do you know that song if you haven't seen the movie? Because sometimes I listen to soundtracks of movies that I think might have good music. That's weird. Okay, well, like, the Scary Story movie was terrible, but the Lana Del Rey cover of Season of the Witch is pretty all right. I don't like anything that you just said. Moving on. <laughs> the machine. <laughs> they go to the professor's house. and oh, he, no. I don't want to hear it. I don't even want to hear an impression of her. I don't care for her. <laughs> She's not my friend. <laughs> Must be the season. I'm not friends with her. I don't know her. Mariah Carey. Okay. Must be the I hate this. I hate you. <laughs> don't do Lana Del Rey ASMR. This is disgusting. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm editing this. I'm taking this out. <laughs> I bet you five bucks you don't take it out. <laughs> oh, wait, so I get five bucks if I keep it in? <laughs> yeah, I'll Venmo you, but you're gonna keep it in. So wait. You'll keep it in. <laughs> I wanna keep it in because I get the money? You'll just keep it in because you know I'm right. Are you gonna pay me five dollars, though, if I do it? I'm just not no, clear on the No, I bet you bet. five bucks you... No, you pay me five bucks if you keep it in. What? Then I'm definitely not keeping it in. You have to pay me five dollars. No, in the end, you're going to just have to keep it in. We're cutting a lot, so that might go. (laughs) No, you'll realize I was right by the time you're editing this. I hate this so much. (laughs) So (laughs) they have the machine in the professor's uh, laboratory or whatever. Where um, yeah. it, it's literally just they put their fingers in it and <laughs> a bell dings and it tells them that they're related. And it seems like it's been doing it for quite some time. <laughs> like yeah, they had you to didn't get have to boot it up or take it out. They're, they're like in recliners. They've been sitting there for a while. Which I love about the professor's inventions is that they can, like, the professor seems to be able to invent anything that can do anything. But it's going to do it in the most stupid way. Yeah. <laughs> Like when he moves the universe to make the ship go fast, for example. Just like, just like. I like the assorted lengths of wire joke. That's fun. (laughs) We get to see the spaceship for the first time. And I think the Futurama spaceship is very iconic. I think it's one of the best parts of the show. If I drove, I'd want to drive a car that looked like that. 
but you can't because of your little sleepies. You're not allowed. The, li- my little sleepies. Yeah, your little thing where you go like so sleepy. What if I called your disorders cute little pet names? Which ones? Your little um textbook narcissisies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like when they do the countdown for the uh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Uh, Leonard Nimoy comes back from the head museum and he says four. <laughs> four. Um, and I, and love I just when think they it's so the- funny that he recorded all of his lines and then they were like, okay, Leonard, now can you just say four? And he's like, what's my motivation? <laughs> do you think they had him do the full countdown so that they could choose later which oh. number they wanted him to be? That's what I do you would think do. Somewhere there's a, do you think somewhere there's a file of Leonard Nimoy counting backwards from 10? That would be so fun because then you could um, make him say your phone number and put it in your voicemail <laughs> message. Thank you for calling. This is, this is a million dollar <laughs> app idea. <laughs> they escape in the fireworks. How fun. How Futurama. <laughs> I can't see nothing. Pretty though. <laughs> They're yeah, in they space. escape. Oh, and then the um the wasp's stomach contest. <laughs> yeah, this so is a profess- great gag that they set up that the professor has no regard for the life of his <laughs> employees. And it's like kind yes. of remarkable that Fry and Leela never die. <laughs> the um, professor sets up that he needs a new space crew for his intergalactic delivery service. <laughs> He's like an indie FedEx for the stars. And then um, (laughs) he points out that he has his old crew's career chips and pours them out of an envelope that says um, (laughs) contents of space wasp's stomach. (laughs) (laughs) And they pay that off eventually as well, right? But like way longer. Yes. Because there's the space bees, but there's also an episode where they meet the crew with the space wasps, I believe. No, that's in the belly of a whale, but whatever. I know what you're talking about, but I believe that they reference the wasps. It comes back. And there could have been multiple crews. I think it is referencing that one specifically, and I would like you not to (laughs) undercut my point. All right. Um, Any other great moments that you want to touch on before we uh, wrap up this first episode of I'm 40% podcast? Um, Just that... Like the show Futurama itself, this podcast will get really, really good throughout time. Well, thank you so much to join us next week. And um, buy that Hulu ad that we put in there. Buy the Hulu. Use our offer code JINX. But you have to spell it wrong. You have to spell it with a Y. J-Y-N-K-X. There's no Hulu ad. There's That's words. the password. Just go to Hulu.com slash subscribe. Enter the code We're not that Jinx. big yet. Spell we're not, wrong. We're not Alaska. And, two weeks and free. Willem. We're not Bob and Monet. You get two weeks free. You can watch all of High Fidelity, which is a show. We're just a middle-aged woman and her deadbeat stone. You can watch friend. Futurama on Hulu. Yeah, but Hulu so doesn't just use even offer know we exist. J Y N X. Stop it. Do you know and how you many people? Get... My name is misspelled every day by someone. <laughs> oh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Your name's Nick. And well, the first part's pretty easy. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed <laughs> this episode one of our podcast as much as we enjoyed making it. Tell your friends to subscribe to the Jinx Monsoon Patreon. Um, hopefully this hasn't make, make, made you want to unsubscribe to the Jinx Monsoon Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ensures this is success of a project like I'm um, ending an episode talking about how bad you thought it was. Do so, yeah, and do I'm Jinx good. Monsoon. <laughs> do something good on the way out. Do cool. something that people like. Just don't use that last one. <laughs> no, do a do a thing, and then I'll, I'll edit it. I'll end it right when you do the good thing. Be entertained. I'm Jinx. Oh my god! If you interrupt, I can't do anything. I'm producing. I'm. I have a hard job. <laughs> You just get to come be on the show. I'm the producer and I have to come here and perform and I have to I have to use my notes. My notes. <laughs> Look at all these Most notes. People do. How many notes did you take? I'm a producer. That's just what most people okay, do. Okay, so go ahead and do let's 
Let's go. Let's do a clean one. So I'm jin- I want you to kind of have a little more energy, <laughs> but like, don't be annoying. You know, like when you get really like high energy, it's like very grating. Just don't do that. And do three, two, one, go. I'm Jinx Monsoon, <laughs> and that's Nick Sahoya, and this has been I'm 40% Podcast. We hope you enjoy subscribing to this Jinx Monsoon Patreon page, and we promise to bring you many, many wonderful episodes as we as we cook them up in our meth lab. And oh until God. the next... No, it was going so well. <laughs> we have to go from one. <laughs> I can't say meth lab. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's the end. That's the end.